another big thing, and we probably said it already, is just staying consistent. If you want to make if you want to make gains over the have we mentioned that on a we've never said the word consistent on a, ever on a coaches a, on couches before. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Bing slouches. That was that was probably my favorite jump roll so like far. Yeah. Uh huh. Mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. All you right, we're supreme gonna, supreme slouch. Supreme right slouch on the couch today. Stitcheroni, the French bulldog. Uh-huh. She's, uh She's probably gonna pass gas three or four times and. You'll probably hear her snoring through the microphones, but... Don't worry about that. Yeah, she's all good. Don't worry about that. Uh, today, we're going to talk about off-season gains. hmm Making gains in the off-season. Um, I think a lot of people do a little hibernation... Yes. ...and spend every year starting over whenever they in decide March. to get going. Yeah. yeah. Time change. Like, yeah. from time change to time change seems to be... Yeah. Hibernation. hibernation which yeah. we don't want. Not good if you actually have goals. Exactly. So we will get to that topic. But first, I am Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and the YouTubes at buildpeakcompete, or all upon that Instagram at BPC Performance. Little slip there, Funston. I did. Little slip, man, you know. Bubble. I know, I keep like just trying to do it. I'm like, I'm not committing to just doing it from memory. Instead, I'm like going back and forth between the phone and, me- and it's just a cluster. Well, you know what's next? We got shout outs. Shout outs. Uh, pretty, and a shout at. Pretty big one. A shout uh, at. Pretty dude. big weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent the weekend in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Stayed in, in a tiny, tiny home. home. Yeah, how was the tiny home? Uh, Terrible. The location looked awesome. Location couldn't beat it. Yeah, you were literally on the side of Lookout Mountain, and mm-hmm. they were using the the property as like a launch for paragliding. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, but we were in the smallest of the three tiny homes, and it was extremely small. Really, and uh, I did not sleep well. Uh, um, but um, was Stitch there? Stitch was not why there. Why you didn't sleep well? Was not there. Uh. But uh, I think maybe if we stayed in one of the ones that were maybe... Ours was like 160 square feet total. Uh, I think if uh, we had like stayed 10. in one that was like 300 square feet, we might have had a little bit more room to move around and like gotcha. sit somewhere. Yeah. There's like literally nowhere to sit in this little gotcha. tiny home. Gotcha. Um, but anyways, stayed in, in Chattanooga all weekend. We had a good time. We went hiking in Cloudland Canyon and stuff like that. Girls had a uh, great time. Um but we went and watched on Sunday, Ironman Chattanooga. Yep. I floated the course most of the day, and our, our folks uh, actually had pretty good days considering how hot it was. It was crazy hot. Uh, it was okay in the morning, but it quickly, like, I left the tiny home, descended the mountain, 
went down to the kind of the mid part of the loop. And by the time I got there, it only took me, took me maybe 45 minutes to get there. Mm -hmm. And I was soaked. I mean, dripping sweat and sitting on the side of the road, I was just sweating already. Man. Um, so, so fitting that we did uh, last week's Coaches yeah. on Couches as battling the extreme heat. Yeah. That was timely yes. and intentional. So Wayne Gorzlek, Adrian Hall, and Bobby Weekly. Raekwon? Raekwon, Raekwon, good body. You can find him on Instagram, yeah. Raekwon, good body. Uh, all had good days. They, they made great decisions out on course to kind of dial it back a little bit, mm-hmm. focus on their hydration, um, I think on any given day, all of them could have cut 30, 40 minutes out of the race. Um, but they, they race smart. And in the case of like, and, and most of them like ran most of the run, they walked to aid stations to get fluids, but for the most part, they kept running. It wasn't a death march, which was not the case for the majority. Yeah. 400 people DNF, like most people were going out at race pace and tanking off to walking, yeah. uh, toward the end. So, uh, those guys executed great. Uh, super, super proud of him. Um, and then Kiri Ness, yep. who was at uh, the um, tri-camp, mm-hmm. also also finished Ironman Chattanooga. Her second, uh, right? Yeah, I think it's her second second finish. We had um, we had some folks at uh, Augusta 70.3, Chris Watts and John Zinn. Both, both had PRs. Um, you know, again, the conditions determined um, how fast you could run, basically. And, um, but both, both of those guys had PRs, so good days on there. It was, it was a rough day, tough day, mm-hmm. but, but good days overall. Which is why the shout at today is the heat. Yeah. And like, literally, if it had been a week later, I mean, temps are supposed to be quite a bit better, I think, across, you know, most of the It's crazy the region, I think it's supposed to be better, but. It is October, right? Gosh. I saw, uh, like a little meme or something on, uh, online yesterday. It's, it was like. <laughs> Man, the weather is beautiful for uh, July seventy first. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy hot. So um, one more little shout out we have is uh, our man Johnny Pitts. Mm -hmm. Man, he went out. uh, He finished. You know, we we talked about a while back. He finished uh, Ironman Wisconsin, and then in his transition period, he he went to France. uh, Took a little trip to France, Mm -hmm. and uh, he spent basically. Uh, four or five days riding a lot of the kind of routes around France that the Tour de France takes, just smaller sections of them. And one day he knocked out Mount Ventoux and, uh, you know, at uh, at 60 years old, going up going up Mount Ventoux without any aid where half the people going going up are on e-bikes now. Yeah. Um, you know, he was super stoked. Epic climb for yeah. sure. That one's nuts. That's just a, you know, bucket list, you know, for checked sure. off, so... Uh, shout outs for me, Hart Robinson. Uh, we had the local uh, TriStar CX race this past weekend, which I partook in. Looked pretty fun. Uh, my, my goal Sorry was, I missed it. My goal was to stay upright, uh, but shout out to 90 West. Uh, they did a great job putting yep. that on. Uh, Pence, Jonathan Pence, he, he put a lot of time into, into making that course um, a great course, keeping it mowed. Um, so thanks to them. But Hart Robinson, first place. Both days, Saturday and Sunday, in the single speed and also in the uh, Pro One Two Three, um, crushed it. So yeah, I was like pre-riding one of the laps, like with him. Yeah, and it's just so smooth through like the corners, the it's tight. Like, yeah, and then he bunny hopped everything. Yeah. Like there's logs that are like eighteen oh. inches. Oh, bane drain, bane drain. 
like there's 18 inch logs that most like a lot of people weren't even like running over they were like stepping on top of to yeah. get over i saw in some of the races bunny hops those too I'm like <laughs> and they were close together <laughs> yeah. they weren't i mean no they're pretty they close. were trying to put them close together so he couldn't do that mm -hmm. and hart said nope i'm still gonna do it gonna so do yeah it. hart first place in both days uh which was awesome um did david see, collins did you see any epic fails in the sand pit i oh, was yeah. really wanting to i was really not wanting to be one of those <laughs> so i was pretty cautious <laughs> nice. i got my big event this weekend so i was like i need to not get hurt uh david collins second in the 35 plus race uh on day two um and then uh lee rustin she did her first ever cyclocross race on saturday um and then the very next day drove to alabama for the alabama uh arse whooping <laughs> Trying to keep that Trying clean. To keep it clean. Uh, that's actually the name of it. A uh, gravel event. Um, her first ever gravel event. So shout out to her for doing both fifth place in the gravel uh, gravel event. So sweet. Four thousand feet of climbing and forty four miles. It was a pretty pretty hilly race. Yeah. All right. Cool. Like eight nine minutes of shout outs. That's Man. Good. Jeez. Uh, all right. So we're gonna get get into this conversation about the off season. Um, like we said, a lot of people will finish their final race of the season, especially triathletes, not to call you guys out, but finish the the last race of the season, especially if it's an Ironman, not to call Ironman out, but uh, and then go into complete hibernation for, uh, you know, a, a couple months, maybe till March, like, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, but that's one end. Yeah. Realistically. On the other side, we have the people... Who do the opposite yep. and want to want to actually make a, big a, improvements? A season, one season to another, se you know, road season to cross ah, yes. season to gravel. Now gravel, like now you can do, you the can literally jumpers. do events. Yeah, the season hoppers. Yeah. Um. So that can be an issue as well. Yeah. We'll dive in it. Just continuously going from one thing to the next, and all, and just trying to maintain fitness and fitness and fitness. Like uh, I, we've said it before, but it is unrealistic to carry a high level of fitness year round forever yes. forever yes we cannot burn uh, the candle forever you're either eventually going to burn out mentally get sick or you're just going to start underperforming and then you're going to like be sad basically mm -hmm. because you're underperforming all which the time which then weighs on you mentally which then causes you burn to out. Yeah. burn out yeah so <clears throat> you know i think the first thing we have to kind of do is define off season it's a little bit different for different sports. Exactly. Um, and today we're going to try to kind of talk about a variety of sports, you know, runners, triathletes, and cyclists. So, and this definition is a little different. Yeah. So, like, with, with triathletes, most of the time, um, your off-season starts after your very last race of the season. Um, for, for a lot of people, that's right now because they knock out that late-season triathlon, whatever, whether it's a, a shorter race or a longer race. And then... You know, October, November is usually the end of it. Um, and tri season doesn't really even start until April, the earliest, unless mm -hmm. you go south. Um, so for us, it's usually October, November is the start of the off season through about early, I would say into March, because basically we kind of define that as within six weeks of your first big race of the year. Yeah. That's kind of where the off season ends and we get into that pre-competition competition yeah. period yeah um, so as a general definition start of your life or at the uh, it starts the uh right it, when your last yep. race ends yep 
So day one of your off season is the day after that event. And then yeah, six to eight weeks before your next event, the following season. Mm. That is how we are defining off season. Yeah. And that's, it's like you said, it's kind of different for cyclists. So what would you say cycling, mm. how that usually rolls around? Yeah. Again, it depends on where you're at. Like with cycling, you can race year round. Yeah. Like, and that can be an issue. Uh, yeah, they start racing I mean, you in can Texas find, in January. Yeah, I've got a I've got an athlete who uh, who started in January this past year. So January, and you know now there's cross races. If you're granted, you're mixing it up. That is, you know, some cross training, which we're going to talk about. But still, um, if that starts turning into oh, I want to be on for every race from January now all yeah. the way back through November, December, you end up having to neglect a lot of a lot of of areas um, that are going to overall help your uh, fitness. Um, and that's kind of the thing we don't want. We need a downtime. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there's big issues your body can run into. So that's rule number one, basically. Take the break. Exactly. We've done entire episodes on transition. Uh, so take that two-week transition period. After, you know, after your season's officially over, mm-hmm. take that two-week break. If you don't feel like training, don't. Exactly. Uh, you know, take the recovery, keep it easy, have fun, put some more, uh, you know, money in the family bank. Exactly. Uh, you know, yep. that kind of thing. But you have to take the break. And well, I think what, what a lot of people have, have issues with is, you know, you've worked so hard to build fitness and it's like, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose any fitness. But we are here to tell you losing some fitness Losing fitness <laughs> is okay. It's okay to, I mean, don't think of it as losing fitness. Think of that as recharging the batteries and recharging the batteries year after year allows you to add another battery to that bank that you've got. And so the next year you're going to be going into the next season with a bigger storage of energy. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're working off one battery because you never take a break, and you've been running it dry. I mean, essentially, all you're doing is little micro recharges, and uh, that that does not work. I mean, uh, if you want to continue to see improvement um, and and to perform better year after year, taking the break, losing a little bit of fitness, um, and usually it's not really losing a ton of fitness. It's you're losing some high end, so mm-hmm. you feel like you've lost fitness, but you instead you're training other energy systems and and kind of building that foundation back. Um, but take that break. It's okay to lose a little bit of that high end. Don't fear it. Our, our goal as coaches is to have you, like once you're coming off the break, we want you, you know, even though it might be December or, or November, we want you chomping at the bit mm-hmm. to get at it and, and to to do some things that are going to really move the needle and improve. And if you've been pounding it all year and you never take that break, yeah. chances are you're going to be a little less willing to oh, to yeah. really do what's necessary to make those leaps. Mm-hmm. In the case of triathlete, in one of the three sports or more, you know, you have to focus on that that one sport. So yeah. you've got to. You, we want you chomping at the bit, mm-hmm. and it doesn't usually happen if you don't take that break. So that kind of moves us into the next spot here. So you've taken the break mentally, physically. You're you're in a better spot now. You're chomping at the bit to get back on the bike or get back to training. Um, obviously, I usually say on the bike because I deal with mostly cyclists. But um, now is when you kind of go back to basics. 
look at, okay, what are my limiters? What have I been neglecting? Um, you know, technique and efficiency. This is a perfect time. You're scaling back some intensity on some of those workouts. Like where, where are my limiters? Where do I need to put my time and energy into? Um, and then one of the big ones is strength training. Um, Absolutely. Off, like formal strength training, not like on the bike strength training. Yeah, or I'm doing more low cadence <laughs> these days. Exactly. But actual strength training. I actually just met with a, a client the other day, one of my athletes, and uh, he was saying like one of the things he's really noticed is how beneficial doing strength three times a week has been for him. Mm -hmm. Like he was going through a crazy time at work, so wasn't able to ride nearly as much, um, but he didn't sacrifice the strength days to get more riding in. Yep. Instead, he stayed very diligent about getting two to three days in per week. And he's like, you know, now that I'm able to bump my riding back up a little bit, he's like, I'm gaining fitness so much quicker. And he's like, my power just like seated surges and stuff like that. And he's like, it's, it's a, kind of a night and day difference. So mm -hmm. do your strength training. It's going to keep you healthy. It's going to help prevent muscular imbalances that likely happen during the year when you're doing a very specific movement pattern, you're gonna develop these muscular imbalances. We know everyone can be a little bit bad at doing their strength training during the year. Um, if that's if that's you, you need at least, you know, at least 12 to 16 weeks of good solid two to three times per week uh, focus on, like making that a priority and knowing there's gonna be some soreness, um, but, if it comes at the cost of other workouts, that's okay. Absolutely. And again, we've done entire episodes on strength training. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big things that we said. You, ha you have to understand you're going to be sore. Yep. It's the off season. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're sore. If it's going to make you ride a little slower, oh well. Mm -hmm. uh, not a, not a big fact, deal. In fact, it might be an okay thing. Like yeah, you don't need probably to be hammering every, every weekend ride in yeah. the off season. So if, like, if you're a triathlete or a runner... And it's kind of your off season. If you really, truly want to make the most of it, the number one thing you can do is pick what you are worst at, your limiter. Mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of people, that's either technical or just speed, basically. Um, so technical, it could be your swimming, your swim technique. Um, it could be your pedaling technique or out of the saddle or something like that. And it could be your simply your running mechanics are poor. Mm -hmm. um, so you can spend a bulk of your time on those things and make some massive improvements. Now, if you think you're super solid in all of those things, now we can look at like what what um, type of efforts are you the worst at? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for a lot of for a lot of triathletes, mainly because everyone likes to go long these days. Um, the like speed is a big limiter. Mm -hmm. Like people don't know how to run fast. Mm -hmm. Um, so take your, take your time in the off season and do some five K's and kind of figure out where that ceiling's at. And then once you get a feel for that, like it's so much easier to one structure the rest of your training around like those pace levels or heart rate or whatever. Um, but you know that you're pushing hard enough, you know, you're going easy enough. Um, and then by knowing the ceiling, you know, what easy is supposed to feel like. Mm -hmm. And, and most people don't ever, they don't get, they don't know where the ceiling's at. You could be running faster. You may not, 
you, like you may not even well, know it. And most triathletes have, you know, so many workouts each week, you know, compared to a cyclist that mm -hmm. you, you may only have one harder training session really for each discipline. Right. Yep. Um, whereas if you're able to sacrifice, you know, a, a ride for an extra run and work the limiter, um, you know, that's, that's where you're going to see those gains for sure. Yeah. I would say if you're, if you're looking to make a big improvement in one of the three sports, what you need to do is sacrifice a session from the other two, yeah. maintain those two, and then put that time into that one sport. Mm -hmm. So whereas m most people in general are doing three swims, three bikes and three runs with the occasional extra here and there, um, you can like if you are really bad at swimming and you want to make big improvements, swim four to five times a week. Yeah. If you want to make a big improvement That on was the bike, 45. He said 45. 45 times a week, yeah. <laughs> four to five. Oh, four to five. Yeah, four to oh, five times okay. a week. Um, same with biking and running. Mm -hmm. If you're If you want to make big improvements, and it's not just volume, it has to be focused work on what the limiter is within that sport, yeah. but the sheer extra frequency and volume is going to help, as well. uh, you mm -hmm. know, make those improvements as well. Cause it's just frequency you're doing, you know, you're, you're hitting the same thing more frequently. Mm -hmm. You're going to create more similar stress on the body and then the body will adapt to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of times we are so diluted as triathletes yep. that there's not enough of a specific stress to really make a gain. So pick a sport, you know, put it in four to five times a week, maintain the others, and you'll make a big leap in that one sport in the off season. Mm -hmm. But it just takes accepting the fact that the other two might not move much if you're just doing a bunch of maintenance. Yes. Um, but we're in an A to B sport. Yep. So if you're Well, there's a good chance those leg, are going to come back strong once you go back to doing them three times a week kind of gives you a mental breather from those yeah. two as well allows that to recover some you right. know, mentally and physically. And then when you do get back to your, your normal, I guess you'd call it uh, three, three times per week for everything. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're not like, if you're one of those people that says, well, I want to improve in everything. You can do that as long as the one that you're trying to improve the most in, you're basically training that, that sport similar to like your in season mm -hmm. and the other two are going to be more technical, like have to be easier and more yep. technical work. Yep. You'll get the gains out of the technical work, but if you want to make the big leap, you need the technical plus the fitness mm -hmm. gains. So you pick the one, train it like you're training in season. And the other two have to be maintenance, easy, um, lower volume, more technical focus. Yep. For sure. So, Another big thing, and we probably said it already, is just staying consistent. If you want to make if you want to make gains over the have we mentioned that on a we've never said the word consistent on a, ever on a coaches a, on couches before. Uh, Consistency, uh, yeah. If you want to if you want to uh, at least maintain over the over the off season, mm -hmm. you've got to stay consistent, and that really means keeping the normal frequency of training sessions you've done during the week. Um, you know, and not, not allowing yourself to go from riding or running or swimming or whatever, let's say riding in the case of cyclists, you're riding six days a week or whatever, and you go to four days a week. 
it's going to be harder to maintain when mm -hmm. you don't have the frequency. You're going to have to add load to the other days. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole, the whole mess is off, you know, the whole, everything's mm -hmm. off. Yeah. So, and in the event of, of that, that's, you know, for cyclists, that's, it's okay to drop some of the numbers there. Like if you're going to, you know, from six to four, say, but add in some cross training on the other days. Mm -hmm. So you may be dropping some of those ride days, but you're adding in some cross training, which is going to make you a more functional, stronger, well-balanced human being when yeah. you go back to more sports specific stuff. So even though you may see a little bit of a drop in that bike fitness, you're setting yourself up to be a stronger, better cyclist the following season by working in that, that cross training. Yeah. And we want to make sure you're not someone who falls off your bike and, you know, breaks into a million pieces. Absolutely. Um, and you know, cycling is a very low impact sport. I mean, after my last wreck where I did break, I think it was 1 million pieces. I mean, I've been very diligent about two times per week, heavier strength training just to stress. I mean, you could probably tell, can you tell these big pythons <laughs> I've know. got, I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can zoom in, that but the whole, the whole, the whole point is stressing the bones so that the bones go, Oh man, I don't want to break. That's more load than I'm used to. And they build your bones, uh, up bigger so yeah you gotta you gotta put your body under some load we don't need to go into a whole another episode on strength training there's a couple okay. of those already so yeah cross training feel free to mix yeah. in cross training cross training is like like for some like with cyclists running is a decent option mm -hmm. for cross training if you're a triathlete uh you know you can do like run the trails instead of mm -hmm. running the road get a little bit less impact on you know what you're doing there mountain biking yeah, you can ride a mountain bike if you don't kill yourself. I was going to say, <laughs> same with both of those, right? Yeah. You can, you know, uh, with cycling, you can go from your road bike and ride more gravel or ride more, you know, ride mm -hmm. your cross bike or, you know, just uh, change up what you're doing and not just only doing one, the same discipline of the same sport all the time. Mm -hmm. There are options. You know, swimming is the tough one because you're pretty much, you're Swim in Swimming in an ocean. You're pretty, yeah. Swim in the ocean or swimming <laughs> against the current in the river or yeah, swim upstream, but, um, just mix it up yep. and keep things fun. Like this is, this is, this is the time to make big improvement, but it's also the time to keep it fun to the point where when you get into competition season and you're doing the very specific structured training that it's going to take to do the performance on the specific day mm -hmm. that you haven't already unloaded your brain exactly. the whole off season. Exactly. So you're, yeah, you're essentially in the off season trying to, to build a big foundation, a big capacity and gradually do it. You know, it's not day one, but you're developing your body's ability to handle a larger workload. You're creating a more durable body. And then that way, and, and freshening your mind up by keeping it fun. That way, when you actually start the specific stuff, You've got the foundation, you've developed that ability to handle a large workload. And now when you focus that energy on key specific, sport specific stuff, you have the energy and the, and the mental ability um, and you, know, you don't get burnt out right away mm -hmm. uh, to make that happen. So I think uh, another like point here is when, you're, when you get in the off season, it's obviously it's relative to what you've been doing. Um, exactly. so we've got to work on the things that we've been neglecting exactly like so in the later part of our season. So if you're doing an Ironman 
in the last two months, you've basically just been doing volume, 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 zone three, steady, zone steady, three, steady, zone steady, three, steady, zone steady, three, zone three, yeah. um, then now is the time to work on the opposite, do some speed work, do some threshold work, uh, you know, push the VO2 a little bit. And that doesn't it. mean you keep big volume yeah. and the other stuff and just add in high intensity stuff. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I'll let you continue. No, it's just, it's a, it's where I was going with it. Okay. It's just, you have, you put in the, put in the opposite type of efforts, mm. but you have to cut the volume down. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of things, if you were basically, if you've been racing crits, uh, you know, toward the end of your season and all you've been doing is hour rides with tons of spiky mm-hmm. efforts and, and stuff like that, then now's the time to, for you to just put in some volume and just r- enjoy riding and yeah, be push, super steady. Push, push the duration out, work that sweet spot. So sweet spot kind of defined by that upper zone three, low zone four kind of area for those that know what your zones are. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't basically going out and pushing where you're feeling really good tension in the legs, but you're not exploding after you know 20 minutes yeah um but it's a perfect time to like what have you not been doing and let's focus on that it never fails like you know we have our house of pain um program and essentially it's you know it's an off-season program and it's developed for the first four weeks um or four to six i guess is working on technique efficiency we're working some zone three mid to upper zone three is sort of our focus, extending the duration of that, getting the bodies you know, ready to, to handle more workload. Um, and then we start transi- transitioning into larger chunks of longer duration, you know, 15 minute, uh, we do some that are what, 30 minute, 30, 30 minute long, um, hard, hard efforts. They're not max efforts, but they're, you know, they're tough. They're zone three, Muscularly zone four. tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, we see good jumps in threshold power, right? Um, as you know, for most cyclists, especially those that I coach, as you get closer to the goal event, and that's why it's tough if your season's nine months long, or if you want to make your season 12 months long, is you get close to your goal event and you start looking at, okay, this is your goal. How are we going to have you on peak form? Are there three-minute climbs? Is it a crit where it's a, you know an acceleration out of every corner? Like, what are the demands? And if you're starting to work a lot of upper end, high intensity, you know, 30 second, 60 second, two minute um, sprint stuff, you end up seeing a drop in threshold power. Like it just naturally happens because you get away from the threshold stuff and and that sweet spot stuff, and you're working high end. And eventually threshold starts dropping as you start working that's really above threshold efforts. So off season for a lot of the people that I work with, it's like, okay, let's get back to that sweet spot stuff where we start pushing the the threshold up. We're able to do long segments of work yet still recover from it. You can stack those back to back and not be totally demolished. Weekend rides can be fun. Go longer if you can. Don't feel like it has to be a race. Um, you know, work that aerobic efficiency and, uh, you know, once you hit season, you're going to be a better person for it. I think, uh, a good point there is that if you are a time crunched athlete, a lot of time spent in sweet spot Mm -hmm. is a really good way to maintain and build fatigue resistance. Um, like you said, you're doing a bunch of spiky peak efforts and then let off basically a zone one easy super easy recovery spin Mm -hmm. 
those workouts, if you, even if you, you can put them in training peaks and when you pile, like when you look at like whatever, 40 minutes of sweet spot work versus like, even if you do 20 threshold efforts of one minute, the sweet spot work comes out at a higher workload. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you actually are gaining more quote unquote fitness, uh, from, from doing that sweet spot work. Now it's not, you can't do that all the time, but when you're trying to like make things more fun and mm -hmm. uh, maybe even cut some volume from some people who are generally doing high volume um, and need a little bit more extra time or whatever, that sweet spot work, swim, bike, and run mm -hmm. uh, is all really good ways to maintain. And I'll, I'll add to that, it's something that you can stack multiple days in a row of. Yeah, it's not like as if, hard to recover. If you're having from. an athlete go out and do, you know, which a lot of people listen to this, probably, you know, if you're a cyclist, you've probably been doing, you know, VO2 max work. You've been doing one minute efforts. You've been doing yeah. 90 second, 30 second, you know, four minute, but super high intensity. The next day, you're not going to have three days in a row of that. And if yeah. you do, you're going to be totally Smashed. demolished by the end of it. And now you need a four or five day recovery span. So the way you're able to build up more workload in the off season is you can stack sweet spot stuff, recover overnight, get back mm -hmm. to doing another sweet spot the next day. I mean, you can string a lot of those together and you don't have that, that big time. I mean, I don't want to give someone the wrong impression that, that you should do that every day, no. but, but you can stack those together and end up over the course of a you know five or six day span having a bigger workload than you would be if you were doing... Sure. One hard day of, of, you know, 60 second work and then needing to take two days off or not necessarily off, but active recovery to let the body recharge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. People call it gray zone. People call it yeah, whatever. The zone, the zone three is, yeah, the um, sneeze. It's a, don't sneeze. Don't do it. <sighs> okay. Man, it saved it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great, like, it is a great use of your time, really. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, can't be done every day, but mm -hmm. um, like it is a. It's not the. It doesn't get the. It's more useful than people make it out to be. Everybody, you know, you have to be doing. They say you have to be doing threshold this and that VO two max push push push. Yeah. You know, but sweet spot yeah. builds builds it's, some good fitness. Oh, for sure, and it's going to lead you into the season with the capacity to do greater amounts of work. Yep. You know, you can get used to doing higher training stress essentially back to back to back um obviously listen to your body and there's going to need to be recovery in there now time crunched people like i would say one of the biggest mistakes we see with people is like you get into the off season they keep the same duration and they just take intensity back on everything yeah so like what was maybe a you know a high high intensity 60 second or four minute efforts or whatever, whatever the focus of the day was that gets dropped to like a zone two. Like I'm going to work Easy base. Ride. Yeah. And then, you know, so during the week, say you're the one hour yeah, per one day hour person. One hour base is not, no, is no. nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so you get to, you know, from Monday through Friday, so you've gotten three or four rides of an hour in zone two, you're at what, like 120 TSS total, yeah, yeah. which is what you're probably getting in one, good day like hard group ride day yep. during the week um and then going and doing an easy you know three hour four hour ride as well on the weekends you're lowering your body's ability to handle a workload 
So we would encourage people to replace those, you know, 60 minute, don't take them down to zone two. You can still, you can do zone two stuff on the weekend yeah. when you're going longer, you know, when you're putting in four or five hours, hopefully, uh, but start, start working that sweet spot. Absolutely. Let's, um, man, let's talk about nutrition. Oh, we talk about? nutrition. Talk about nutrition. Nutrition. Oh man. Okay. So, um, this we, really is key. We really shouldn't. We won't dive too much into it. Should we save this one for? Uh, we'll just get our point across. The week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, we'll just get a. We we'll make a point here. Um, you have to eat based on energy expenditure. But basically, what happens every people have you know doing a, a decent amount of training, especially if you're doing Ironman or whatever, you're doing massive amounts of training. You pretty much eat everything that's in sight, and then your main event is over. And you continue to eat the same way, even though your training volume and your energy expenditure drops by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a big part of what why people end up gaining 10, 15 pounds in the off season is because they're still eating like they're training a high high training load. Yeah. So or or people have been like so focused those last you know 6 weeks on trying to get down to race weight which we don't encourage you know no. this is part of this nutrition thing is like the off season's your best time to try to trim down some if yeah. you're someone who needs to i mean there's a lot of folks that mentally you know there's a lot of eating disorders within the sport um you know people who think that they need to lose that extra 1 pound when really they're way below what they should be drop a water bottle yeah um but for for most people uh you should be looking to try to trim weight in the off season rather than trying to trim weight when you're trying to perform at a a really high level and you need to fuel yourself to perform so if you can trimming weight in the off season through good nutritional choices perfect timing and and being conscious of energy expended and calories putting in um, is a good thing. Absolutely. That's pretty much the, where we'll leave that. Yep. We can just leave it there. Uh, and we're not saying you can't, like, eat some pie if you love pie. <laughs> or celebrate the <laughs> Man, fact that you pie. just <laughs> celebrate the fact that you, uh, you know, did just knock out your Iron Man. Go out, you know, have a great weekend or whatever. But then uh, if you're wanting to make gains in the off season, which is the whole point of this, be focused about if that's your limiter, which for a lot of people that can be your limiter. Like you can't climb hills well. Well, guess what? Like take a look at your power to weight ratio and let's work on improving both of those. Yep. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Last point here is you, you still need recovery. Correct. Still need it. Yep. It doesn't matter that your training load has dropped by several hours. Um, even if you're not putting in the TSS or whatever, the training mm-hmm. load that you've been doing, you're still going to need recovery. Um, that's mental and physical recovery. Yep. Because if you are trying to make big improvements in the off season, uh, as a triathlete, one of those sports is going to involve high focus. And just f- even, even if there's not a ton of structure, like if you're doing mostly technical work in the pool mentally that is draining like mm-hmm. it's you're going to make great improvements but trying to train trying to change your swim stroke you have to have incredible presence in every session and and 
really, really, really hard focus on it. So um, you're still going to need that mental recovery. And that's kind of the big thing is the mental side for a lot of people. Yep. Like get that mental unload where you want to come back to training. Like yep. if you find yourself in the off season, like dreading your next training session consistently, that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Take the unloads. So keep them in there. And even if it's not a full week, like whereas mm-hmm. maybe your training load was high enough that it took you or it would require almost a full week to fully recover from the last block. Yeah. So typically for our folks, it's either two to three weeks typically yeah. of harder work followed by this An recovery. This, yeah. yeah. So you may cut that to like the weekdays. You mm-hmm. may, you know, just take it easy Monday through Friday and then do your normal yep. fun training, group training or whatever on the mm-hmm. weekends. Yep. Um, so you just still have to take them. You still need it. Just keep them in there. Don't try to go from October to March um, without taking a rest day mm-hmm. or a. Or and in a your own mind, presuming that you're going easier, still keep those, because even if you don't think your body needs it, your your mind will definitely need it come July the following year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the things you're doing this off season, don't just think about like how you're going to feel in you know March. We want to think about where mind and body are going to be in July. Um, so keep that in mind. Keeping yourself mentally yeah. fresh is key. Staying staying focused and in, in, through an entire season is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. So oh, for sure, um, you want to make improvements in the off season, but what you do in the off season sets you up for a really good season mm-hmm. or a not so good season, depending on what you do or don't yep. do. And everyone, uh, sp- cyclists talking directly to you triathletes as well fall in love with your trainer yeah bike trainer unless you have unless you're like one of those people that is just hard Mm -hmm. hard af oh yeah and will ride outside no matter regardless yeah yeah oh exactly you yeah find a good trainer get so if you're listening from the united kingdom (laughs) yeah they're not afraid of 30 degrees and rain yeah i however am i will not do that all of our Belgian friends and yeah, uh, yeah, you guys are harder than we are. So, <laughs> all right, cool. If we miss anything, if there's things uh, that that you thought we left off this list um, or areas of focus for off season training and making those gains, yeah, let us know. Weigh Engage in. with us. Let if us know if there's anything that we talked about that maybe you've implemented in the past and it and you had great results with us or, uh, or with it. Let us know as well. Um, yeah. And let's get the conversation going. All right. Cool. We appreciate you guys hanging out, listening, Stitch, Stitch, uh, anything to add? Stitch is... Uh, still alive for those still watching. Alive. You can see her, her, if you're watching the video, you can see her uh, Her uh, chest is rising and falling, so she's cool. <laughs> All right, Kurt. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios.